Thank you for listening to sermons by Chaplain Braswell. This ministry desires to help people know and live for Christ through the preaching of God's Word. And now, today's message. It is good to see you today. My name is Chaplain uh, Dan Braswell. Before we get into our message, let me share a couple of things with you that are exciting about that are going on in our congregation. First of all, if you rewind the clock about a couple of months, it was a time where we at Schofield Community Chapel were saying a lot of goodbyes. A lot of people who were here, regular, faithfully attending a few months ago, they're gone. They're going to other places. They've PCS'd and all those things, and we've prayed for them, and now they've Move to where God has them next. I say that because as I stand here today, I'm seeing something very cool. As I look today, I see people who have probably only been here for a month or a month and some change or a few months. So welcome. We're glad you're here. That's essentially who we are. We're God's people that meet here, who, where God and the Army put us together in, on this island at Schofield Barracks. As you've moved here, as we're all here, we're so glad that you're here. Let me give a couple of shout-outs of some cool things that's happening I can't, I can't go without saying this. For a while now, we've, we've been planning to, to do some cleanup around the chapel, for those of you who don't know and are, and are new here. And yesterday, about 20 people from the chapel showed up, and we did a bunch of cleanup around here. We moved some shrubbery. We, we were able to use a toe strap, and we pulled a tree out of the ground, so we got a little bit of our, our redneck on, so to speak. That was a lot of fun. Staff Sergeant Miller's in the back. I just want to say to him, he is the NCOIC who, who manages all the, all the religious affairs NCOs who help us in this chapel. Sergeant Miller, God bless you. Thanks so much for helping us. He did all the coordination and all the things that was necessary. And I just wanted to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you for making our facility and all of you who helped volunteer to make it a better place. A lot of new folks, a lot of exciting things happening. I love our praise team this morning. If you're interested in serving in the praise team, you, you see it. It looks very full this morning, right? Well, guess what's about to happen? All kinds of pathways, all kinds of JPMRC. So you're liable to come here one Sunday and see a person singing with a guitar. That being said, there's room for you. There's room for you. Come join the team. Come talk to myself. Talk to Chaplain Clark. Talk to one of us. It is good to see you this morning. What I would like to invite you to do is if you have your Bible, I hope that you do, turn to Philippians chapter 4. Turn to Philippians chapter 4. We're going to continue our Philippian series, and we are almost done. We've been doing this for about 10 weeks. Next week will actually be our last sermon in Philippians, and then we will move on to the next series, which will be out of the book of Psalms, uh, entitled the Psalms, the songs that we still need to sing. But for today, we're going to look at Philippians chapter 4. One of those verses we're going to look at is Philippians 4.13, which is one that many of you probably have memorized I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me but we're going to look at verses number 10 through 13 as I thought about this passage back in my day I would have said this was a, a, a t-shirt Bible verse this was a bumper sticker Bible verse what I want you to see today is that even though it's a verse that's very familiar I hope that we can grasp all the depths that God has for us today when we think about how we can do all things, our, our series the whole time, we've called it In All Things. So it's more than a bumper sticker, it's more than a meme. I'm going to poll the audience for how to say this last one. You know those little cartoony things that come up and they're called, it's spelled G-I-F? Oh, here we go. Let's do a poll. Who says it's GIF? Raise your hand. Who's, who's team GIF? 
Who says it's a GIF? Raise your hand. Oh, here we go. So the debate, the debate starts. The, is it a GIF? Is it a GIF? I'll let, I'll let y'all figure it out. We're probably, as we delve into scripture, it's not going to tell us the answer to that. But what I hope that it does do is that I hope that we can understand that this passage is much more, much more than a bumper sticker. But every single time we've looked at Philippians, what have we looked at? We've seen this idea that Paul time and time again talks about is that we can rejoice even in the middle of of difficult circumstances. I was looking at a couple of the, I love the old uh, Peanuts cartoons. Lucy asked Charlie Brown, she said, did you ever know anyone who was really happy? Anybody who was really happy? Before she could finish, Snoopy, the dog Snoopy, you know, he comes dancing in. And as Snoopy comes in, he dances his merry way across the frame while Lucy and Charlie Brown, they're watching, you know. And then he, he looks kind of silly as he dances across. And Lucy then says, did you ever know one, someone who was really happy but also in their right mind. It's almost like in this world today, you've got to be crazy to, to be happy, right? Well, by the world's standards of happiness, we've said this every week, uh, anyone who is in his position, and maybe even in Paul's right mind, would have been miserable. He was in prison, we know that, we've said it. When he wrote the epistle, he lost everything he valued. He may have lost very things that did give him happiness. He was isolated from people. He literally was awaiting the Roman Empire to decide his fate, whether he should live or whether he should die. Yet time and time again in the, in the book of Philippians, what does he say? Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. I mentioned that Philippians 4.13 in many ways is that bumper sticker verse, that, that, that meme, that gif, gif, whatever you want to call it. It's that verse that we cling to and we say things like, Oh, it's ACFT. I got to take my PT test tomorrow. You know what, though? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Right? You, you, you've heard that before. Um, we we can we can hit the home run. I can I can run the touchdown because I can do all things through Christ. I can. I'm going before the board. I'm nervous, but I can do all things through Christ. I say all that. I want you to know God does care about those things in your life. He cares about all things in our life. Right? I'm glad that He does. But, but I, I want you to know that it goes deeper than that. It's much more. It, it, it's, it's rooted in the fact that in all things, Paul is going to say that he's learned the secret to this idea of contentment. And I hope that we look, as we look this morning that we'll see that as well. So I invite you to follow along. This will be our main passage we look at today. So start in verse uh, number 10 as we look at it together in Philippians chapter 4. Here's what he says. I rejoiced in the Lord Greatly, now at length, you have received, you revived, excuse me, your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I am speaking of being in need. Watch this, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned, there it is, learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. And then I can do all things through him who strengthens me. More than a bumper sticker, something that I believe impacts our lives each and every day as Paul shares these truths with us. As we think about the secret being, how, how, do, we, how do we live out this, this faith, this all things through Christ? I want to share three principles with you this morning that I think will help 
And uh, one of our one of our children's already told me, uh, Chloe said, I'm, I'm ready to take notes. She has her Schofield Community Chapel notebook, and she's ready to take notes. So thank you for being a great model for all of us. So if you're taking notes, we'll have three three principles we're going to look at. The first is this. The first is the principle of thankfulness. The principle of thankfulness. That is thankfulness for God's provision, but also thankful that God put people in our lives that are that are a blessing to us. Go back and look with me at verse number 10 as we think about thankfulness. He says he says he rejoiced in the Lord what? That now at length you have revived your concern for me. We've said this before in our series. Remember he's talking uh, to the church at Philippi and when we read earlier we found out that Paul had received a gift from this a man named uh, uh, Epaphroditus had brought it to him. The church heard he was in need, and he sent, they sent Epaphroditus to carry this financial gift as an expression of, of their love and their support for Paul, with many the same way that uh, all of us give as the Lord leads us to different churches and different ministries and offerings and, and things like that. Paul, Paul is talking about that they revived their concern for him. In other words, it seems like as you read this that they... This church had helped him in the past, but for one reason or another, they were uh, unable to continue doing so as they once did. But they've now returned to be a part in providing him help once again. It says they lacked opportunity. I don't know what the lack of opportunity was. I don't know if it was a lack of resources or an inability to get their gift of Paul. But I want you to notice it didn't stop the Philippian church from loving and desiring to care for Paul. And, And that's something we could learn for. When I read this, I get the sense that Paul is commending them for the idea of not only their giving, but I get the sense that they, this church, desired to help and they desired to look for opportunities, even if it didn't present itself. I want you to go down, look at verse, uh, we won't uh, go too far in the next verses because that'll be next week's message, but look at verse 14, how how he, he, he goes on to explain this. He says, it was kind of you to share in my trouble. He, he's, he's thankful for what, what they, have, they have done for him. Look down at verse uh, 17. Paul mentions a gift again. He says, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. Here's a question for today. Are you and I, are we thankful people for what God has done for us in our life? Paul was thankful for the care and the things that the church at Philippi provided him. Listen to this statement. One of the greatest gifts that God gives us, I believe, is each other. One of the greatest gifts God gives us is each other. I think what Paul is, is there's no accident that in the midst of him talking about the doctrine of who Christ is and, and, and how Christ humbled himself and exalted himself and all these great truths, it was important enough to Paul under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to say, oh, by the way, I also want to point out and give a shout out to those who were Thank who those who are faithful in giving. I imagine if we went through this room right now, there are those of you who would have story after story after story when you look back of people who were kind to you, who were good to you, who helped you, and who blessed you. And if you stop and think about it, you'd probably say, you know, that had to be God who put them in in my life. This might be hard to believe, but I was a youth minister one time. I was cool and I was young and, and I was hip. I know it's really hard to believe now, but I was a youth pastor and I was thankful for those days because I can't remember what I made. I think it was like a dollar fifty a week or something like that. It might have been a little bit more than that, but I, I didn't make a lot of money. But you know what happened time and time again at this little old country church? 
I'd have some dude, usually an older gentleman, and some of y'all know where I'm going with this. He'd shake my hand. What was he doing? What was in that? What was in that hand? It was this thing we used to use called cash. Y'all remember that? It'd be a couple of twenty-dollar bills. It'd be a hundred-dollar bill. And you know what I noticed? It was always at the right time that I needed something. As I was trying to pay for college and, and pay for school, I, I, I direct commission in the military. I, I came in older, so I was just I was just chopping wood, so to speak, plugging away, paying for my stuff. Cheryl's in, in the nursery. I, I, I was like, man, she's a school teacher. I should marry her. That'll give me some more money. There's more to it than that, but, but it certainly did help. Amen. In those days, man, I'm, I'm like Paul. When I think about those stories, I go, man, you know, God led those gentlemen to do that, to do that for me. What I hope and pray for all of us is that not only are we thankful for those times where God used somebody in your life to be a blessing, I hope in turn that you're also like me and you say, you know what, I've got a bunch of stories like that, but you know what I also want to do? I want to be God's hands and feet. Now, I want to be a blessing. I want to, I want to put the cash or send the Venmo or, or be a blessing or somebody can have this or have that or, or I can help them in any way. My question today is, are you thankful? One of the greatest gifts God has given us is other people. Um, be thankful for those people, but also let's be those people ourselves. Thankfulness is a, is a, key, is a secret to, have to, the, to the joy, to the contentment. Point number two is this. Not only thankfulness, but, but contentment. That is contentment for God's plan. Paul says in the passage, if you go back and look, he says, not that I'm speaking of being in need. He, he says, I've, I've learned what? He uses that word, I learned to be content. The idea is not so much happiness, but a satisfaction that doesn't really change when circumstances change. He, he says it by, say, by, by using the opposites, right? Uh, I, know, I know how to be brought low. I know, to ha I know what it is to have a lot. I'm facing plenty. In other words, I got a bunch. But also facing hunger and need. He's content with God's plan. He's content because he knows he's in Christ, and that's really what really matters. Hold your place in Philippians chapter 4. I want you to turn, if you, if you have a Bible or, or digital, that's fine. Just turn to 1 Timothy chapter 6. I want to show you something from that passage. Just to show you that this idea of contentment really permeates Paul's thought, and I want to show it to you in another letter. And he says this in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 6 and 7. You can turn there, take a note, and I'll read it to you if you don't have it. But follow along. Here's what he says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. We brought nothing into the world, we can take nothing out of it. I remember when I was serving a church, I was doing a string of just funerals. I've if you need somebody to do a funeral, I've, I've done a lot of funerals. Like a lot of the, we had a lot of chaplains in this room who I'm sure can attest to the same thing. And it, it just seemed like I just had them back to back to back. And I also had a string of families who were just, just fighting over all the stuff that was left over from grandma or grandpa. And, and uh, I, I lived close enough to my dad. I'd, I'd share things with him. He was almost like a pastor to me. And he was like, how's it going? And I said, dad, I got all these funerals and they're fighting over all this stuff. And he, I'll never forget, he turned to me and said, well, son, I got good news for you. I said, what's that, Dad? He said, I plan on spending it all before I die, so you're not going to have to worry about any of that. I'm going to break even. I said, well, I appreciate that, Dad. That's just one less thing to, to worry about. You're going to leave me nothing. That's awesome. Then it breaks it even, right? Well, Paul is saying here, 
You brought nothing into the world, you take nothing out of it. Back in Philippians chapter 4, you can turn back there. He is saying that he has learned how to be content even when things don't go our way. He's learned the secret to be content even when things don't go according to your plan or according to mine. We've been singing about that all morning. Blessed be your name, you give and take away. Blessed be God's glorious name. Contentment for God's plan, regardless of our, of our circumstances. I was reminded of a book I read a while back. I went back and looked at it. There was a, there was a short-term missionary who was on a mission trip on the island of Tobago, which had a, a leper uh, colony, uh, the, the disease leprosy. There was a colony there. And on the final day, uh, this missionary was leading worship in a, in a leper colony. And he asked, he said, he said, does anybody here have a, have a favorite song, a favorite hymn they would like to sing? And when he did, a woman from the leper colony, she turned around, and I'll read to you what he said. He said he saw the most disfigured face he had ever seen, leprosy. She had no ears, and she had no nose. Her lips were gone, and she raised her fingerless hand, and she asked, could we sing my favorite song, Count? your many blessings. The missionary started the song, but he couldn't finish. And some later commented to him, I suppose you'll never be able to sing the song again. And he answered, no, I'll sing it again, just never the same way. How on earth could that story be true other than the fact that it sounds like that dear Christian sister learned a little bit of something about what Paul was talking about. Contentment is something that goes deeper than circumstances. It does not in any way negate that circumstances are bad. I, I often say to people, the Bible says in Romans 8, 28, that all things work together for good. It doesn't say all things are good. I don't know about you, but I've dealt with some bad stuff. Have you, any of y'all dealt with some bad stuff that was hard or sad or, yeah, yeah, made you angry or, yeah, we, we, got all that, we got all that covered in this room, I have no doubt. But what Paul is saying is that if we learn this secret to contentment, and we focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. You are God's child. He has saved you, and he's, you are his forever. That will make all of the difference. I was looking at, uh, I always love to look at statistics as I look at these things. There's a, I didn't know this, but the General Social Society, never heard of them, they are a poll that's been tracking America's happiness since 1972. That's even before I was born, and probably most of you. In, in the past three years, 2018 to 2000. 21, for the first time since they started in 1972, this poll says that the happiness of America has, has plummeted, and that does kind of fall through the, the, our, our pandemic time, our COVID time, and according to one journalist, here's what they said, the graph looks like the heart rate has plunged, and they're paging everyone on the floor to revive the patient. For the first time in 50 years, people are now, there's more people saying they're not too happy than they're saying that they're very happy. So for the first time, the happiness from this poll that they take has plummeted for the first time. I can't think of a better time than ever, if that's the case, than to revive this idea that Paul is teaching us is that the secret is to have contentment in Christ. He says that he's learned the secret in all things, regardless of highs, lows, or everything else in between. He says it all goes back to the fact that he can do all things through him who strengthens him. It's not so much that I've got the strength. In fact, it's not that I have the strength, that you have the strength at all. The bottom line is the contentment comes because of the one that you and I serve. That contentment in Christ.
remember remember what Christ has done for us. We earlier on in our in our service we read Philippians chapter two. Remember Christ became a servant for us. He emptied himself. He was obedient all the way to the point of death, even death on a cross. We can be content because of what Christ has done for us. Paul says earlier in the passage, or in in the book of Philippians, he says, putting away in Philippians 3, putting away what's behind and striving forward to what's ahead. If we're going to live with contentment, we're going to have to put away the past. We talked about that a few weeks ago. Are there things that you're holding on to from the past that's keeping you from being content? My encouragement is learn the secret. Learn what Paul is saying regardless of circumstances. That includes the past circumstances. Regardless of the circumstances. Also, he says in verse, I want to show you this, just down just a few verses in Philippians chapter 4, and Chaplain Clark will share a little bit more about this uh, in the future. It says, My God will supply every need of yours according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. I'll encourage you as we think about how to have this contentment in Christ, don't let the past take away your contentment, but also don't let the worry about the future take away your contentment. Last time I checked, I can't see the future. I don't know about y'all. But I know who has the future in his hand is, is, our, is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let me encourage you as you think about your contentment, don't let the past get you distracted. Don't let the worry of the future take you away from the focus of being content regardless of the circumstances. Point number three is this. We're thankful. We have contentment. But we have confidence. We have confidence in, in God's strength. Go back and look at the verse, the, the verse that shows up on T-shirts and bumper stickers and all over the place. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. We have confidence in the fact of why can we have this contentment? Why can we be thankful? Because we trust in the fact that the Lord Jesus Christ is going to take care of us. And in all things, we are going to be with him. It says in this passage, my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. In all things, I have strength in the one who is strengthening me. It's, I want you to pray to the Lord when you're taking your PT test. I want you to do all those things like we often do when we think about this verse. But it's not so much about achieving, I don't think, but it's more about abiding, it, it, it's, it's, it's more like I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I, I Be strong, powerful, to prevail over, to, to abide in the fact that Jesus Christ has us, and because of that, we have confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ. To, to show this, I want to do one more thing with you as we look at this point. I want you to go through the book of Philippians with me. I just want to see how Paul weaves this tapestry of this confidence in Christ. I want you to see it with me. So if you want to flip back in Philippians, I'll, I'll share it with you. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, he makes this statement. He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it at the day of Christ Jesus. Paul, from the get-go of this, of this passage, is saying God will finish what he started. Now go down to Philippians chapter 1, verse 12. Look at what he says. He says this about his imprisonment. Remember, he's writing this from a prison. He says, I want you to know, brothers, what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. 
he, he wants you to know that he has confidence in Christ, that regardless of circumstances, he believes God has a plan. Do you believe that today? Look at Philippians chapter 1, verse 29. Look at what it says in verse 29. It has been granted to you for the sake of Christ that you should not only believe in him, but should also suffer for his sake. God is leading in all circumstances. He's letting them know there's going to be some times where you may very well suffer, but through that you can have confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at Philippians 4.19. We've already read this, but it's at the end of the book of Philippians 4.19. My God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. The supremacy of the sovereignty of God, that is the idea that God is in control, permeates the entire book of Philippians. Go back to Philippians chapter 3. I'm going to show this to you as well. I hope you're getting excited about the fact that we can have confidence in Christ regardless of our circumstances. Do you have that kind of confidence? Look at Philippians chapter 3, verse 8. He says, Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. He's learned the secret. Remember, what did he say in our main passage in Philippians 4? He's learned the secret of being abased and hunger, going without, and he's learned the secret of abundance and prosperity. Do you have that kind of confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ? Because what Paul is telling you and what Paul is telling me is that the good news is regardless of circumstances, this truth is still there. In all things, do you have that kind of confidence? I want to show you one more passage of scripture that I believe really capstones this idea, and it is in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. It is a passage where Paul talks about the resurrection. If the, if the resurrection wasn't true, we may as well all go home. But we know that Jesus did, in fact, rise from the dead, and we will be raised with him. Paul talks about that in this passage, and I want you to listen to it. And what I hope it does is, is give us that confidence that we, in all our things, regardless of what circumstances we're at today, we can trust the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at First First uh, uh, Corinthians 15, ver starting in verse 51. Listen to what he says. I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. In a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. We're going to live forever with the Lord. That's what that means. Verse uh, 54. When the perishable has been clothed with imperishable, and the mortal with immortality, the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in Victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You watch your favorite sports team, you hope they win, right? You look at the end of all time, and you look at what's coming next for you and for me who are God's children, guess what? I already got the answer. We're going to win. He's already given us the victory. Now, the last verse in that passage, in verse 58 of 1 Corinthians 15, says, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm, let nothing move you, always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. We have the secret right here before us. We don't know everything about our future in the, in the sense of details and circumstances, 
But you and I do know that when it's all said and done, we're in the hand of the Lord Jesus Christ. God has us in the palm of his hand. What better place can you and I be? What I hope we take away from that today is that phrase in all things. So where are you? Are we are we in a are we in a happy place? Are we in the very happy category? If you took the if you took the thing, well, praise the Lord. I'm so happy. In that happiness, continue to trust the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't, don't, don't fade away from that. But you might be here and your version of in all things is some sort of sickness, some sort of challenge, some sort of crisis. Somebody in your life that you love dearly is going through a lot of stuff. Maybe it's self-imposed things and your frustrated love reaches out to them and, and you just cry out to God all the time. Oh God, be with my son, be with my dad, be with my brother, my sister, my husband, my wife. My encouragement, my prayer for us today is that in all those things, the beauty of it is we can just simply fill in that blank. And God says, you know what? I am right here and you can be strengthened because of me. Will you be strengthened by the Lord Jesus Christ today? I invite you to stand and invite you to pray with me. Heavenly Father, last week we looked at whatever's true, whatever's honorable. I pray that we would continue to think on those things you've called us to. And Heavenly Father, I pray that today, as no doubt you've you've pricked our hearts, God, you, you've led us to think about what you're calling us to do today. Maybe it's to have a greater confidence in you. Maybe it's to, to just cry out to you in prayer. God, maybe it's to be thankful. God, I pray today your people would, would hear what you have to say to them, that we would hear it, that we would obey it. God, in that spirit of knowing we can do all things through you, in that spirit of knowing that you do supply all these things for us, may we worship with our mouths and our hearts right now about your goodness and may it encourage us to be people who learn this secret of contentment in all things through our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And Heavenly Father, we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.